In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's lessons connect on the subject of authority. In the epistle, St. Paul says, quote, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. He means that we should obey the government. And we should note that the government he was instructing first century Christians to obey was not headed by, quote, Christian rulers, but by Caesar and his various local minions, many of whom actively persecuted the church. The command to obey is not rooted in any naivete about the virtue of Caesar. It is rather rooted in the biblical truth that rulers, pagan and otherwise, represent God when they administer justice and punish wickedness and vice. That is their God-given role in the world, and they will be held accountable for how faithfully they perform it. God will eventually judge unfaithful rulers. But how are we to respond right now when the higher powers act unjustly? The Bible gives one overarching principle. Christians should always do what is right. God's people should maintain their innocence, even when a ruler or any other person, for that matter, does what is wrong. This is the example Jesus set for us. He suffered and died unjustly. However, as 1 Peter says, he, quote, did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. The martyr and the persecuted Christian suffer unjustly. However, when they respond righteously, they remain innocent and hold fast to the sure and certain hope that they, like Christ, will be vindicated by God and raised from the dead on the last day. When we continue to do what is right in the face of injustice, we also remain innocent and retain the hope that we also will end up on the right side of the great judgment and will participate in the resurrection of the just. The Greek word for powers in the epistle is the same Greek word the centurion used in the gospel when he said to Jesus, I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. The centurion was required to take orders from a superior, and he himself had many under his authority whom he could command as he wanted. The centurion understood that the unseen spiritual world operates in the same way. There are various authorities and various spheres of influence. The centurion's servant was under the influence of a disease. He understood that Jesus had authority over it so that he could issue a command and that disease would be compelled to go away. His great faith was that he believed in the authority and power of Jesus as the Son of God. 
The leper in the gospel also recognized Jesus' authority. He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The question was not if Jesus could. The question was whether Jesus would. According to the Torah, Torah, a leper who was healed was supposed to go to the priest and offer a thanksgiving sacrifice. The priest would then certify the healing and readmit the leper to the community. That Jesus instructed the leper to do just that showed that Jesus had respect for the authority of the Torah. Thus, our lessons proclaim that God is the authority that stands above every government and that Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, has authority over all created things. That is to say, God is sovereign and Jesus is Lord of all. This is what we mean when we say in the creed, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ. The challenge of faith is how to embrace these truths when they are not obviously manifested in this present world. If the powers that be are ordained of God, why are so many of them unjust and oppressive? If Jesus has authority over every evil spirit and disease, why doesn't he just command them all to go away? How do we reconcile the sovereignty of God with the continuing presence of evil in the world? The Bible does not give a simple answer. The Bible gives us Job, whose complaints about God's injustice were met with a vision of God and a question from God to Job. Where were you when I made the world? The Bible gives us the martyrs crying out from under the heavenly altar in Revelation, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? The specific answer the Bible gives us to reconcile God's sovereignty with the current state of the world is twofold. The victory of the cross and the promise of judgment. When Jesus said on Good Friday, it is finished, he meant that all that is necessary to conquer Satan, sin, and death has been accomplished by his life and death. And God has appointed a day of judgment. He shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead. On that day, the victory of the cross will be applied in full to the entire creation. On that day, God willed, as Romans says, quote, render to every man according to his deeds. To be saved, quote unquote, as a Christian, means precisely that God has saved us from this judgment that is coming on the world because of sin. To be saved also means that we will be vindicated. We will be declared to be in the right in the face of those who have treated us unjustly. By faith, 
we live in the present moment in the light of this future verdict. By faith we understand that the apparent triumph of evil in the world is an illusion. All current evil in the world is but the last attempt of the evil one to do what damage he can before God's kingdom comes in full. As Revelation says, quote, the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that his time is short. This perspective enables us to persevere through the injustices we suffer. Because we have eternal vindication, because we have been declared righteous by God, we are able to persevere through situations in which we do not get complete justice in time. Because we have the sure and certain hope of resurrection and life in the world to come, we can patiently endure through illness, misfortune, and death. For we know, as St. Paul learned through his own affliction, that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. The thing that undermines our vocation to be faithful through trial is our need to be vindicated or avenged in the present moment. We are often so busy fighting our own personal battle for recognition or approval that we fail to fight the good fight to faith. Thus we are tempted to respond to personal slights with in-kind retribution. We are tempted to respond to injustice in the world with unholy anger and unfaithful behavior. Attempts at personal vindication accomplish only one thing. They make us subject again to the very judgment from which Christ has saved us. When God judges those who do what is wrong, he will have to judge us also if we continue to do what is wrong. St. Paul tells us to obey the authorities, to do what is right even when others do what is wrong, because we have our vindication from a greater authority. God has already saved us from the great judgment. He has already vindicated us and declared us to be righteous. Our vocation as God's chosen people is to endure faithfully through our trials, to maintain our innocence as we wait for Christ to return and finish his work. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.